Welcome to the New Jersey History Podcast. This is your host, Kyle Banner. I hope everyone is well and ready for a dive into New Jersey's rich history. For this episode, you will need a map of New Jersey, specifically the New Jersey coast or shoreline, and a cursory understanding of New Jersey geography in order to get the most out of this episode. This episode is entitled Captain Kidsbury Treasure. Stories of pirates and hidden treasure bring out everyone's inner child. But what if the stories were true and happened right in your backyard? One pirate's legend brings all of these questions to the forefront. Captain William Kidd, a famous privateer turned pirate, sailed along New Jersey shores. Though he's long since passed, the legend of his gold, buried somewhere in the Garden State, lives on. Some of it has even been found. So who will find the rest of the Lost Treasure of New Jersey. And so begins Captain Kidd, The Lost Treasure of New Jersey, an article written by Mary Spirago in NewJerseyDigest.com uh, last summer in 2021. I know stories of pirate treasure bring out the kid in me, but they also bring forth memories. Picture it. Sicily. Just kidding, that's a Golden Girls reference. Brick, New Jersey, 1984. A 10-year-old kid, his little cousin, and their grandfather go to the Lowe's Circle 5 movie theater to see a new release. Pirate Treasure, Kids, History, 1984. What movie am I remembering? If you say The Goonies, you are correct. Pirate Treasure hunting isn't as easy as finding a map and a doubloon in one's parents' attic. As a matter of fact, more often than not, there's more of myth and story surrounding the whereabouts of pirate treasure than there is factual information. Talking about the Goonies, however, um, I decided when I was putting this together, I decided that since the end of the school year for my eighth, my eighth grade students, I'm going to be showing the Goonies because at the end of the school year, really show movies because it's more like more or less crowd control. And as someone who likes to think of himself as a good teacher, I usually, I always try to make them at least con subject content area related. I'm not showing them Finding Nemo or Frozen. I'll show them as a history teacher something history related. So The Goonies will be the perfect movie for them to watch. And a lot of middle school students have never seen it. And when they do, they really do like it, even though it's kind of dated by, by their standards. That's just a little side note about what I'm going to be doing. Because once I started talking about The Goonies in this podcast episode, now I want to show my students. So pirate activity began in New Jersey during the 17th century. 17th century is also the 1600s and continued well into the 18th century, which would be the 1700s. These centuries are known as the golden age of piracy. That's not to say that there wasn't pirate activity before nor after. Pirate activity was not limited, however, to the Caribbean or Caribbean or North Africa. During the golden age of piracy, ship owners plundered the high seas, attacked merchant vessels, government vessels, and in the case of where we live in North America, Spanish galleons, those big ships laden with treasure from the Americas. For example, when the Spaniards would um, rob, steal um, from the native peoples of, let's say, Mexico, they'd be sending treasure back to Spain. Pirates would, or privateers even, I'll talk about them in a minute, privateers would intercept those ships and, and take the cargo. As a matter of fact, in uh, 1588, when the uh, Spanish unsuccessfully tried to invade England, much of their uh, armada was destroyed 
remember those big ships that they used sometimes to, to transfer gold back uh, from the Americas to to Spain. With their armada sunk and without these these big navy ships that they had, England was able able to gain control of the high seas. And I'd mentioned this in another episode, kind of like as a side note, which which are, side notes are always fun. Um, but kind of glad that the English took over colonization of the New World because I'd much rather have our country established by the English than the Spaniards, no offense to Spain, but if you look back at their colonial histories, certainly the, neither group was, was certainly wasn't, wasn't fair to the native peoples, but uh, what they brought to the New World was certainly different. In my case, the English, in my um, opinion, the English brought much better things to the New World. So when you look at um, piracy or even privateering, during the 16th century, 1600s and 1700s, it was not only war. It was people, like a merchant, were shipping goods to and from a place. Privateers or pirates would seize those ships. You know how piracy works. I don't have to explain that. Privateers, as they were called, had permission to rob, steal, and plunder. I'll talk more about them in a minute. So this golden age of piracy, you see um, pirates and privateers attacking like I said, merchant vessels, government vessels, for example, these Spanish ships laden with gold, and even when it was not wartime. Onto the stage in the 1600s steps William Kidd. Captain Kidd was born in Dundee, Scotland, around October 15, 1654. As a young man, Kidd settled in New York City, which the English had taken over from the Dutch you recall my discussion of that transfer of power when we looked at Lord Cornbury in episodes four through six. Whilst living in New York, Kidd connected with many prominent colonial citizens, including three governors. Records show that Captain Kidd served as a seaman's apprentice on a pirate ship during this time before beginning his more famous seagoing exploits as a privateer. By 1689, Kidd was working on a French-English pirate crew sailing the Caribbean. According to author Richard Zacks in his book, The Pirate Hunter, The True Story of Captain Kidd, quote, during one of their voyages, Kidd and other crew members mutinied, ousting the captain and sailing to the British colony of Nevis. There they renamed the ship Blessed William, and Kidd became captain either as a result of election by the ship's crew or appointment of Christopher Codrington, governor of the island of Nevis. Side note, Nevis was the birthplace of Alexander Hamilton, who would later become Secretary of State under George Washington, some say the father of the American banking system, and uh, who was also shot and killed in New Jersey by Aaron Burr in 1803. So thus began the career of Captain William Kidd. Remember, Kidd was not only a pirate, he was a privateer. Remember that word. For those who don't know what a privateer is, a privateer is an armed ship. You could also call the owner of the ship a privateer. Armed ship owned and officered by private individuals holding a government commission and authorized for use in war, especially in the capture of enemy merchant shipping. So they were kind of like legalized pirates, these privateers. And that definition comes from dictionary.com. I just got a basic definition for just for understanding's sake. The 17th and 18th centuries were times of almost constant war and conflict as European countries vied for power and control of the New World. However, do you think privateers were only used during times of war? 
you think privateer activity stopped after war was over. So if my country's fighting your country and I hire uh, ship owners to be like my own personal privateers, like my own personal pirates to go after your ships, when our conflict ends, do you think those privateers always stop the plundering of, of other ships? They don't. And you only need to look at the March 1782 Battle of the Toms River Blockhouse. Patriot privateers in the Toms River area were harassing and robbing loyalist merchants on the New Jersey shore during our war for independence, but continued to do so after Lord Cornwallis' surrender at Yorktown in 1781. So my side and your side might be fighting, and we both hire privateers to like seize the enemy's ships and stop them from getting goods and so on. When the wars were over, those privateers would often still continue those activities. Captain Kidd worked for the British Crown as a privateer, hunting down enemy privateers off the Atlantic coast. An interesting side note here, when not out attacking enemy privateers for the British, Captain Kidd was welcomed amongst the elite of New York and even contributed funds to build the the then new Trinity Church in Manhattan. Trinity Church is a beautiful church in downtown Manhattan. Um, uh, my, my ancestors who moved here in the 16, uh, I guess it was 1640s, they really moved here. They had a farm down around that area. Of course, it's not farms now. So I've been up there quite a few times to see what that area was like. It's, all, it's obviously all city now, but Trinity Church sits right in the middle of it. Kind of like Wall Street, and there's Trinity Church. It's beautiful. If you watch the movie National Treasure with Nicolas Cage, and when they have the Declaration of Independence with the map, the the, um, the treasure is buried beneath Trinity Church, so that's the church we're talking about. So Captain Kidd, here's this privateer, later pirate, who he works his way up through New York City's elite. Like I said earlier, he was friends with governors and, and so on, and he even donates money to build this cathedral. But the side note is Trinity Church, from our Lord Cornbury episode, is where Lord Cornbury's wife was buried, and that's apparently where his ghost haunts um, when he wants people to uh, touch his wife's ears. Remember, he was weird like that. So at this point in our narrative, Captain Kidd, the Scottish-born privateer who would become a pirate, he doesn't seem like much of a pirate, except for maybe the mutiny we talked about. Like, he's not out there like Captain Jack Sparrow. He's not saying, doing any of those things. He's not looking for booty. He's looks like an upstanding type of, I want to say, gentleman. But his story continues as does his job as a privateer. In 1696, Kidd was asked by New York Governor Lord Richard Coate, Earl of Bellamont, to attack a group of pirates, anyone associated with pirates and the French. Because why not attack the French? Anybody have an answer? Why not attack them? They're French. Attack them. Kidd proceeded with letters of mark from King William, and the backing of many lords and other wealthy men from England. For those who don't know, letters of mark are, quote, a license to fit out an armed vessel and use it in the capture of enemy merchant shipping and to commit acts which would otherwise have constituted piracy, end quote. That comes from Encyclopedia Britannica. So if you were given letters of mark, you had permission to pretty much do pirate things. So if you didn't have letters of mark, you'd be, you'd be committing piracy. But you have special permission from, like, the king, so you're not committing piracy. You've got to love the English and their successful use of double standard. 
God, my ancestors, you, you got to love these people, right? And they do it speaking like Harry Potter and so on. Kit set sail with his letters of Mark and his ship, which was called the Adventure Galley, with the blessing of the crown and the gold to hunt down pirates. And here's where his problems began. Right off the bat, uh, when sailing out with his letters of Mark and, and his, his ship, he's sailing down the Thames, I guess it's down the Thames, in, in, London, in England, and um, he fails to salute a Royal Navy ship, which he was supposed to do, I guess because he's inferior to them, and they fire off one of their cannons to, to remind him that he should be respecting them. He and his soldiers bend over and like smack their backsides in response. So kids, kid um, with his letters of Mark, he's really not off to a, to a great start. Um, he set sail around Africa, he sailed around, and he wasn't catching many pirates or privateers, which is what his job was. When called out by one of his gunners, a man called William Moore, Captain Kidd hit Moore in the, in the head with a, ba- with a bucket, killing the man. That was in 1697. It was around this time that accusations began coming in about Kidd's own acts of piracy. Kidd was accused of abusing his own crew, especially the act of whipping them with a cutlass. A cutlass is one of those short types of swords. Kidd went on to attack and seize a French ship, captained by an Englishman who had purchased passes from the French East India Company, promising him the protection of the French crown. So Captain Kidd turned out to be a wanted man. He's starting to do things that he was not supposed to do. Kidd was apprehended in Boston, arrested for murder, and sent to London. According to America Unearthed Series 3, Episode 6 on the History Channel, Kidd's wife visited him in prison, to whom he gave a slip of paper on which was written a series of numbers. Was it a combination code? Probably not, because I don't think the combination lock was invented until like the 1800s. Was it longitude and latitude? Were, they, were these numbers dates? We'll never know. But in 1701, Kidd was hanged for piracy. He was hanged twice. The first time, the rope broke. The second time, it didn't, and it's, he was successfully hanged. His body was then hung in a gibbet for all to see. Let me just explain something. Hang and hung are two different words. You're hanged as a punishment. Hung is something you do with something when you want to, like, extend it from a wall or something like that. So Captain Kidd was hanged, and he was executed. Then he was hung from a gibbet for all to see. Gibbet is one of those cage-like things that the body's in, and your rotting corpse sit there for everybody to look at. We do know that Kidd apparently buried treasure somewhere along the New Jersey shore during his voyages. This is where that treasure part comes in. I wanted to give you a good background on Captain Kidd. I also want to give you a time frame, like a time reference here. This golden age of piracy, the 17th and 18th centuries, coincides with um, things that were happening, events in American history. So so let me just uh, throw this out there so that you can understand. It was during the 17th and 18th centuries that the Jamestown colony was established in 1607, The pilgrims arrived in the New World in 1620. Salem witch trials were happening um, about nine years before Captain Kidd's execution. That was in 1692, the witch trials. And Ben Franklin was born five years after Kidd's execution. So that's just some time frame of of what was going on, just to give you an idea in case you really didn't know anything about the 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 golden age of piracy and people like Captain Kidd. Jamestown, pilgrims, Salem witch trials, that time period is Captain Kidd's time. Richard Zacks points out 
that Captain Kidd did bury a small cache of treasure on Gardner's Island off the eastern coast of Long Island, New York. The spot was known as Cherry Tree Field. Governor Bellamont, if you remember him, um, Lord Bellamont, from when I talked to you about uh, the man who had hired Kidd, the governor of New York, Governor Bellamont reportedly had that treasure found, dug up, sent to England to be used as evidence of Kidd against Kidd in his trial. I guess evidence of this guy is a pirate, he's stealing things and not reporting the, the, the booty that he's stealing to the authorities, which is what he's supposed to do. Aha, I said booty, yes I did, booty, booty, booty. From there, the rumors of uh, treasure spread up and down the New Jersey shore, beginning in Raritan Bay, which is across from Staten Island. But there are many places in New Jersey where Kidd may have hidden his treasure. If you go down, you can look at your map now if you have it in front of you, go up to like around um, the Raritan Bay, like look up near um, New York City, Staten Island, that area, look south, look at Sandy Hook. So even from Sandy Hook down all the way, I've even read that some people believe that the treasure was hidden in Tom's River. I kind of find that hard to believe because Tom's River was barely inhabited by Europeans in the late 1600s. Um, Thomas Luker, L-U-K-E-R, is supposedly the, one of the first settlers of Tom's River. Then again, if Tom's River were sparsely populated, it would be a perfect place to hide a treasure, right? So, so maybe, maybe there, there is some, there is some um, possibility there. From there, it said Kidd could have buried his treasure south to Long Beach Island, and further sources claim the hiding place of Kidd's treasure to be brigantine. The treasure in question was said to be valued at 40,000 pounds, but some say that number is 400,000 pounds. The scant evidence for Kidd's treasure being buried in brigantine is based on a story that tells of Kidd anchoring his ship off the shore, rowing ashore with crew members, and burying a large chest. He then went back to his ship, only to row back ashore, dig the chest up, and rebury it somewhere else. Maybe he felt people were looking at it. Some also say, whilst in Brigantine, Kid fell in love with a local Brigantine girl named Amanda. We don't know much about her. The story tells us that Amanda wanted to reform Captain Kid, make him settle down and marry her. He was all set to do this, but was betrayed by a crew member. I'm not quite sure how that would have sat with Kid's wife, because he was married. He did marry, if you want to do some extra research, he did marry one of the wealthiest women in New York from, from one of the older families. You've heard people say, if you're a person maybe who owns a home or are in real estate or just anybody, you've heard people say location, 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 right? It's all about location. Now is the time for that geography lesson, if you have that map. Why are legends of pirate treasure so prominent in New Jersey? Even if you didn't know that before listening to this, look at the map, look at the coastline from Sandy Hook all the way down to beautiful Cape May. Why are legends of pirate treasure so prominent in New Jersey? Grab your map, grab it with permission, Tee. look at the coastline and answer that question. Why are legends of pirate treasure so prominent in New Jersey? What do you notice about the shoreline? Look at the bays, rivers, barrier islands, inlets, all those little nooks and crannies. What are they perfect for? What is the New Jersey coast 
perfect for. Aside from bloated, oversized, ostentatious houses, if you said the shore is perfect for hiding out and or hiding things, you are correct. Look again at the barrier islands. They're beckoning pirates to bury their booty. It's like, come to daddy, bury your booty here. It's perfect for booty burying. Look at the map. Go back to the question I asked. Why are legends of pirate treasure so prominent in New Jersey? It would make sense to hide stuff here. But in all seriousness, I know making booty jokes, I, you can't help it, even though I'm, I'm not 12 years old. New Jersey's coastline did not only have a great location for potential pirate treasures to be buried here. Our location between New England and the southern colonies, later states, made us an ideal location for trade and travel. Did you know that many of the seasonal visitors and guests at the early summer resorts of the South Jersey Shore were plantation owners from the South? Because of our location. Pretty easy access, sail up the coast. From Virginia, from North Carolina, sail right up the coast. In addition, Ben Franklin dubbed New Jersey, quote, a barrel tapped at both ends, end quote, referring to our location between New York and Philadelphia. I mentioned that in previous episodes. We'll also use that quote later on when we talk about the American Revolution. Captain Kidd is not the only pirate said to have buried treasure here at the New Jersey shore. Feel free to look that up on your own um, or wait for some upcoming mini podcast series episodes from a particular podcast that you might listen to about New Jersey history. Hint, hint, hint. How do you feel when you learn about piracy, uh, pirate activity along our New Jersey shore, even if you're not from New Jersey? Think about where you live. If, if, you, if you learned about um, the Knights Templar or some group, uh, there, it says that the Knights Templar were in America long before uh, Columbus, which they were. They were up in Newfoundland, Canada. But what if they moved inland? What if they buried treasure out in Wisconsin somewhere or someplace like Minnesota? How would you feel if, if you, there were uh, rumors and, and actual factual information or little bits and pieces of information that said there was treasure buried where you live? You'd kind of maybe want to find it. I mean, I, I know that it's, it's not, it's highly unlikely that you would, but I can't help but think of going to the beach and looking for treasure. People go with metal detectors all the time. They look for um, whatever they can find, maybe a lost wedding ring or something like that, um, coins. I mean, I've often sat at the beach, and I know this sounds kind of maybe um, uh, corny, but I've often sat at the beach and looked out. I always go in the morning before the people get there. I'm gone by 10 o'clock. Like, I'm one of those people. And I never go on the weekends. I'm there. I'm like a Wednesday at 7 o'clock at me by 9 or 10. And I bring my pork, leg, and cheese sandwich with me too. But I eat it in the car. You know why? Because idiots who come down have trained the seagulls to now they snatch things out of your hand and will bite you for your shit, for your stuff. So you used to be able to eat your stuff on the beach, but no, because people come down and I've now trained them to like be aggressive. So I eat my little sandwich in the car, have my coffee, go sit on the beach, and people start coming, and I leave. But I've often sat there. And you're probably laughing, some of you, because you probably do the same thing. Um, I look out at the horizon, and I think I'm sitting on the New Jersey shore. I'm sitting on the coast. I'm sitting in a place where Henry Hudson gazed. Henry Hudson gazed upon this land when he sailed along our shores. Cornelius May gazed upon this place um, when he sailed our shores. And also pirates such as Captain Kidd. I know that sounds, like I said, kind of like 
like corny that you oh my god I'm sitting in the same place where so and so sat you kind of are if you think about it I know the beach extended a lot further out than it than it does now but you are in the same place where these people would have looked some final notes one of the commentators on the video I watched mentioned that pirates and privateers did not have as much treasure as we may think and I never thought of it this way but it makes a lot of sense they had to share it whatever they found they had to kick up a portion to whoever was above them like up the food chain they had to pay their crew they had to pay for boat repairs and they would they gambled drank and hoard a lot of it away when they were in port since the south new jersey shore did not have gambling dens taverns and brothels during kids time for what other reason would pirates like him be here other than to hide something Another note, after Hurricane Sandy, the foundation of a 100-year-old Coast Guard station was unearthed. It had been leveled and it just torn down or maybe maybe it fell down and, and, um, and people forgot about it. And then it was covered by water. And then when the, after Hurricane Sandy, it said, oh, this was once a Coast Guard station. Could kids' treasure be buried beneath something? I don't know. Um, finally, much of the land, which I talked about a minute ago, much of the land on which pirates would have buried their treasure is now underwater because the beaches did stretch out much further into the water than they do now. See episode one or episode two about that when I talked about the geography of New Jersey. We'll revisit these topics as well. If you found Captain Kidd's treasure, what would you do with it? It's kind of like, what would you do if you won the lottery? How many of you would quit your job immediately? Like email your boss, not even call, not even show up, just email or text or not show up. I wouldn't. I would go into school the next day just like any other day. I mean, I'd be driving a, a Rolls Royce, absolutely. Probably a vintage one, like a, maybe like a 1962 Rolls Royce. The one Prince Charles has a really big one, like one of those, but I'd still go to work. I'm thankful, um, there's a reason why I'm saying this, I'm thankful that I have, I can say, I've never gone to work a day in my life. That's how much I like my job, and, and, and I'm blessed for that, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm, the reason I'm bringing that up is because that's how I'm starting to feel about this podcast. I actually like doing it. That's why I joke around and say, if you don't like the podcast, don't listen to it, because it's, I don't care. Like, I just actually like it. I really like doing it. I also like hearing from people. I was listening to some of my, my episodes um, that I made in the beginning. I know I haven't made many, but I was really listening to some of them, and one of my friends had pointed it out, and I thought it was funny because it's true. You know, sometimes you laugh at things because they're true. And I must have said in one episode like 10 times to email me. I don't need to say that anymore 10 times. You know to email me if you want to say something. I guess I was a bit overzealous in the beginning that I wanted to hear from people. If you want to email me, you will. Um, if you have any comments, you'll give them to me. If you don't, you don't. That, that too. My sources for this episode, NewJerseyDigest.com, America Unearthed Season 3, Episode 6, shorehomes.com google maps for my map that i'm looking at and richard zach's uh, book the pirate hunter the true story of captain kidd if you want more information about those sources you can certainly let me know i did make a little bit of a not so subtle hint that i might be doing some more episodes on piracy or pirate activity in the new jersey on the new jersey shore and i probably will be doing that there's just so much to talk about um, i hope you enjoyed this episode if not that's fine if you did feel free to reach out you know that I have the Instagram. The Instagram, I sound like, like an 80-year-old. Um, on the Instagram. I have the Instagram page, channel, whatever that's called. I also have 
um, another podcast. If you're somebody who likes like shorter episodes and just maybe like various topics that aren't as nuanced as New Jersey history, I have one that's called Mr. Banner's History Podcast. It's a little more basic or elementary because it's geared toward my students. Usually the, the, the target audience that I kind of think I'm talking to is like high school age. My eighth graders and my college students, so I kind of like figured I'll imagine I'm talking to a high school student. So if you like, if you are a high school student or a college student or an eighth grader, that you can listen to that. If you're an adult, you can listen to it too. That doesn't matter. Um, but if you want something a little bit more general, basic, not not so nuanced at New Jersey history, you can check out Mr. Banner's History Podcast, and that's on the Spotify um, app as well and on Apple Podcasts. It also has its own um, Instagram channel. I am also on TikTok. I have to look at my TikTok name. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I have to look at things. And is anybody tired of passwords? At school today, we were told we have to have a second authenticated thing to log in to do our attendance in the morning. So I've got 30 13-year-olds in front of me trying to do attendance, and I have to log into something else to get on my attendance. I, I have 27 passwords. It has to have three capital letters. It has to have 19 numbers. It has to have 27 special characters. Why? No one's going to steal my damn identity. If you want my identity, take it. It's like Henny Youngman, if you're old enough to know who he was, that, that comedian. Take my wife, please. Want my identity? Take it. Anyway, my, um, that was my rant for the day. My uh, TikTok, at Mr. KB History NJ. M-R KB History NJ. You can look at that. I do just some, put some podcast stuff up there, but it's mostly things for my uh, middle school students and my college students, but they seem to like it. I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing good because I got like a couple thousand views on things. I, I, I didn't even know how to look at that, but they told me that, that that's good. I was sitting in my car drinking a cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, practicing how to make a TikTok. It got 1,140 views. Why? I'm not complaining, but it, it's just so interesting how people of my age group, like we don't always understand why younger people like the things they do, but we try to understand, so that's why I'm on TikTok. Follow me if you want. If not, that's okay, too. Next episode is going to be on uh, one of the New Jersey history um, snippets, and it's going to be on Brigantine. That was the next that I picked out of the list, so Brigantine is next. Have a wonderful day, and if you're listening to this in the summertime, stay stay cool, even though it's it was probably like 50 degrees today. It was 91 yesterday, but there's no global warming, and I'm not one of those, like, global warming warming's killing us, but I mean, come on, something's going on, but I digress.